futile false showdown of all 525 or 540 depending on how you count them ultimate songs etc etc joined tonight by Michelle Pippington Beard it was the fault of the government how you doing Pip? I've never felt better in my life beautiful and Lord Sage Temple weeping uh, bilingually at least how are you Ezra? the tears are strong and delicious very good and the T-Bone Pemmerton Walker owner of Rabid Dog Saving Fur for Tunnel all that stuff uh, is uh, Tim Troy with us uh, you expected Aristotle Onassis but instead you got Mr James Fennings from Presswick well the uh, I've, I've got the signal that he is there but I have not read any of his content so I want it to be a delicious surprise delicious mmm and me three three beers my taste for bullshit reveals a lust for a form of office and joined by uh, once again for a second round uh, uh, modular hobo in his extra large medium good evening modular says likewise very good now, yeah. this this being an audio podcast i'm going to interpret what you did modular raised up modular is quite small and green and he raised up he or she they raised to your ears and said something. Yeah, it's a modular's an, an oversized pygmy. Very good. Well, tonight mm. we have the classical versus mansion, Jerusalem versus pinball machine, blindness versus exploding chimney. And given that we've now listened to all the songs from what we're referring to, the era three, we've got another um, early showdown, which is tempo house versus before the moon falls. Oh, random choice. What are you doing to us here? But first off, that least controversial of all fall songs, the classical. I think that's enough. Phil, you were the first up to be cancelled this evening. What uh, are your opinions on this song? Yeah, I've been waiting for this for a long, long time. <laughs> it's an incredible tune. It's it's the opener, isn't it, of probably the most critically acclaimed album that they've got. It's a band that's in full swing of its talent. Um, I think this is an example where Smithy's... The, the poetry comes sung and screeched, doesn't it? And, and he's really honed down his kind of Wyndham Lewis blast style in this song. I think there's lots of sort of declarations being made, and it was it was on one of the later songs actually where I, I realised sort of what my thread was I think for this episode because it's I started off seeing these songs as a bit of a state of the nation address by Mez, um, and then I thought no, it doesn't actually feel like that. it feels more like when when I in my younger days when I was forced to read the Bible, it, it reads like one of those lamentations from the Old Testament where we've got an old prophet just lamenting about the you know how bad people are and how rubbish things have got. And then I thought, no, it's not even quite that, actually. This is like apocalypse literature. This is like the doom is coming. All your fault. That's what that's that's why it's coming. 
And uh, to me, that I think that's the thread that runs through a lot of these songs today. I, I, I think it's it's like Mezzi's Northern Apocalypse. The music itself is incredible. Absolutely on top of the game. Brash, pompously titled music, deceptively complex, dripping with confidence. The guitar is incredible. It's wiry. There's a there's a strummy looseness to it, but it hides very intricately pieced piece together arrangements. You've got, uh, it, at times it feels stripped down, but at other times it feels like spectre wall of sound is above you. It's 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 incredibly epic song. It feels huge. They're definitely set in the stall though. They've shown, they're showing people what they've learned and also moving forward with it as well. So it's there is a, a bit of Ghost of Christmas past around some of this, but it's it's definitely progressing forward. Um, <clears throat> and even the, I, I've made a note here, but even the Bon Tempe organ sounds more like Erwin Schmidt smashing away in the background rather than the usual plinky plonk beat that we've got so far in the career. Uh, with regards to the, the sort of controversy about lyrics at the start, um, it is deliberately provocative. It is uh, it is controversial, but I do think it's pertinent in terms of what he's lampooning, because he's lampooning talkerism um, in the music scene at the time, which I think is totally legitimate. So I would defend to the death his, his ability to sort of, you know, express himself artistically about his issues. Um, where, I, where I do draw the line, though, is kind of the jokes that he made in promoting this around the whole kind of Motown stuff and all that kind of thing. I thought it was just bad taste, really. But the actual music itself, I'd, uh, I'd defend the hill. This is one of the greatest, greatest moments. Yes, I'll get I'll give my views on, on the music and the controversy a little later, but the, the Motown story, I believe, has uh, hints of truth in it. But yes, I get where you're coming from in terms of, like, taste. So, um... It's very much, it's the kind of humour that you would hear in a pub. I, I think if you've got to draw a line somewhere, that's where I draw Exactly. Alf Garnett has had his day. Ezra, what do you make of the classical? Well, it's pretty fucking fabulous. I mean, yeah, you know, first of all, like, this was one of the first fall tracks that I ever listened to, because Hex Induction Hour was the first fall album I listened to. And it, it's the strength of this track, really, more than anything else, drug me into, like, following them as a, as a, as a group. Um, musically, it's just fucking off the hook. You know, I was a teenager when I heard this, and I was like, this is just ridiculous, you know. And one of the really interesting things in, in light of um, tonight's playlist, for me, it all seems to be a little bit political, you know, like there's a few tracks on here which are getting a bit political. And one of the really interesting things for me is that, you know, he was really more often than not accurate and scathing in his broadsides at the entertainment industry. And this is maybe like the, the apex of that in some regards. And so, yeah, you know, like, obviously, I completely agree with Phil about the who are the obligatory N-bombs. It, it, it's like, I mean... I've actually been, I'm easily offended and I have been offended by lyrics of Marky e. Smith's, but not by this one. I mean, I think it was clear pretty much from the get-go because it's one of the, you know, it's one of the lyrics that you can actually hear on the record. And again, with provocateur, provocateur business, for me, one of the most accurate and like cutting indictments of my home country is the lyric, you won't find anything more ridiculous than this new profile razor unit made with the highest British attention to the wrong detail become obsolete units surrounded by 
by Hale. Not only is that fucking beautiful wordsmanship, it's completely fucking accurate and remains so to this day. And the, the, the thing that interests me further is that now politics is basically a wing or a branch of the entertainment industry. That's why, like, this song is still relevant now, to my mind. Like, all the fucking shit he's prodding at is still absolutely true. And then we have the fact that he flips it and he does maybe for my what is to my mind one of the great fall tricks, which is he just revels in it. And then you've got the late blooming clock chorus, I've never felt better in my <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, yeah. You know, like I think that might be something that he kind of got from the Stooges, but he completely blows it up and on many tracks, but yeah, especially well on this track. So I think that's enough from me. Indeed. Um I don't want to call it, but I think you'll have more chances to dig into this song, but we shall see. What does um what does Mojo and Modular over there think? Okay, Moho, you heard him. What do you say? Okay. So um yeah, it's got a wee sniff of Brexit to it. Uh it it does does have a touch of the daft um except the daft that's uh reduced to simplicity uh when it when it should be uh, something much more complex and uh a lot of stomach gas but then there's the twist isn't it which is is where the the pope is shitting in the woods right and when the pope shits in the woods you know he's been he's sorry what was that oh sorry um, he's been uh, finger freaked in the woods, and um, when that happens, you gotta say, "Hey, Pope, you're okay to talk about it, right?" Because you, you, you know, you're, you're living proof of it, and, and you're word up with it. Um, but Pope, if you don't go that way, then you gotta you gotta shut your pie hole. Sorry, exactly. you, you, and uh, yeah. So so the 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 jive on that is uh, Brexit. It's it is a Brexit theme song, isn't it? Right. You could just see this all plastered over the side of the bus. Uh, Hotel amnesia. In fact, that would be very well plastered. Uh, so it, it's uh, hmm, Alf Garnet, right? That's right that's on. the trouble here. Yeah. Where do we go forward with Alf Garnet? Yeah. Hey, Pope, you're messing up the paintwork. That's all I can say. Get to clean your fingers before you come back uh, at the vestry. But I, I think if um, I think with this can all be cleared up by uh, Alistair. Al, tell us about the classical. <laughs> Well, it feds out, doesn't it? That means it goes on forever. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wise, to be honest, Al. Yeah. <laughs> bit <of> that, then. <laughs> we'll wait for the next round. about <laughs> <laughs> by a fence for another few weeks. <laughs> so the 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 bass groove is absolutely phenomenal. The the t- tension that comes in between the bass groove and the guitar, and then it's uh, it, it's being pushed along by those uh, those uh, especially towards the end, just like drum fills galore. I think at one point there's both of them doing multiple drum fills at the same time. It's it's amazing, and Smith's punctuating it in a way he does a lot but this one feels like he's really dancing around it and it made me think of a really good kind of um so also it made me think of james james how james brown approaches tracks like this you could just imagine him drop dropping in and then he comes in the, the home of the vein kind of stuff and then he drops out for a little bit and he comes in with that hotel amnesia and the message for you message for you it's kind of
kind of like punctuated all the way through. But this being Smith, he's also dropping in these little, little monologues in the middle as well. Um, lyrically, absolutely amazing. Just um, a mosaic destroying romantics behind every shell actor is raw power. Stormier, there's too much romantics here. I destroy romantic actors, kill it. Um, <laughs> So, and, and the thing about the chorus, you know, the riff comes in, down, 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 down. Now, every other songwriter in the world sings that, sings that line at that time. I am all over it. I, I would kind not resist it. If I'm writing that song or singing, I never felt right from the start. The sec- That's probably starting the song, to be honest. But it plays like four or five times before Smith even takes up the option. Uh, it's such clever clever uh, such a clever approach to the song the only thing i'm going to weigh in on the controversy because i do think you're spot on um phil and ezra it does sound like he's calling out tokenism and maybe in 1982 it rang differently and i do think when they did it in 2012 he dropped that line elvis costello is the similar sentiment at a similar time and and he doesn't perform that song at all now and and smith just would never have addressed that issue again anyway so he made his decision so elvis costello sorry to put in but elvis costello is eric clapton of the punk era (laughs) (laughs) i'm not talking about ideology there i'm just talking about as in the gawky zygotic monkey reference to uh there's crap and there's eric clapton crap Uh, you can be self-indulgent or eric clapton indulgence but yes i was i wondered where you were going that ezra because eric clapton has said some rather unsavory things in his time as well so um, there's many many opinions on the John Doran did a very good piece on it. Uh, if you you want to hear his, who did sorry? So John Doran, who writes a lot of stuff for the Quietus, St. Helens lad. Um, yeah. uh, he writes a lot of stuff for the Quietus and and does a lot of false stuff. He's the one that interviewed him for that uh, English Masters one, which is a really good interview. And he does he does express um, a, a myriad of opinions, especially on the classical. So um, does does it more justice than me? What's Tim think of this? well? Let's open the golden envelope and see what he scrolled. The classical. Other than that one line, which seems pretty unnecessary, a stone-cold classic. Brutal and grinding with one of the best guitar sounds they ever achieved. I marvel at the production every time I hear anything from this album. They reach the level of perfection in how to record this sort of material with this album, in my opinion. Raw and bleeding. Aye. Well, it's not up against a heavy hitter. This next song, Mansion, after this nation's saving grace, has its charm but let's say it's got its work cut out. Let's have a listen.
that most unusual of things, the uh, fall instrumental album track two in a row. Actually, we did one last week. But uh, Ezra, what do you make of Mansion? Well, for me, this is an interesting pairing because they're both the first track on a really good album. And there's a galaxy of difference between them. You know, I mean, for me, yeah, like, you know, I think the classical is an opening track on an album. The only album that I know of um, maybe two albums that I know of that kind of equal that opening would be like uh, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys and um, Ege Bamiyasi by Khan. And, and you know, that, that's quite a personal subjective thing. But anyways, but yeah, you know, this track is... Uh, I really like it, actually. And I really like that, you know, it's kind of bookended at the end of this nation, Saving Grace, by uh, encroachment to Yarbles. And when you think about some of the tracks on the album, you know, like for me, it's kind of saying a kind of a theme of a kind of haunted house type scenario and yeah you know i i i I feel like it's really excellent and perfect for the beginning the opening to this nation saving grace i feel like it's a criminal shame that some tracks from that album such as la and uh go to the quantifier maybe what i'm not sure if what you need went through or not but yeah you know though i mean spoiled victorian child okay also good but i would take those prior ones over that so yeah good stuff but that's it um, none of them went through Ezra. Bombast <laughs> is out, Barmy's out, What You Need is out, Spoiled Victorian Child, LA, Gutter the Quantifier, um, doing K Roach, uh, Work and I Am Damo Suzuki. Um, so far, my, my new house is the only one left. Uh, and that speaks volumes to the quality of it, right? Absolutely. Um, but Mansion, Mansion, um, what does, uh, what did the modulus, what did the modules think of Mansion? What? No, you weren't. Oh, why is that? Really? <sighs> Sorry. He said he was actually at the recording of this, and it wasn't the fall. It was actually the Cures roadies who played that. Um, so uh, you're making that up. I, I'm I'm not. I can't can't vouch for this at all. But just go. He says it was the Cures roadies playing that. Yeah. It, it's it does sound plausible. Sounds absolutely plausible that uh, that was played by uh, Bill and Dave. Uh, the Cures roadies. T- tell us a little bit more about Modular. Where did how did you uh, come across this creature? Oh, how did I meet Modular? Yeah, yeah. I was a walk in the woods. It, it was, you know, I, I live in the mountains and uh, as you do, I came across, it was one night, I was outside and it was this mist descended and um, it was like something from a slasher movie. It was a full moon and it was like, you know, that's when I knew it's a water planet and we're in the shallow end and I kind of swam <laughs> to the edge and the next thing this beautiful white deer appeared. That was a stag and and it, it kind of just walked through everything and as it did, it dropped it dropped modular hobo um, and that's how we met so. as in as in gave birth to it or, or it was carrying it was was carrying right that's <laughs> the only way you can describe it it was carrying um as as to which end it came out of i'm not sure i'm not sure but it certainly was carrying and i have just kind of carried forth i kind of felt sorry and immediately struck up a relationship usually much more chatty yeah yeah can't, you, can't shut can't can't shut him up but bit hoarse tonight as you said he's a he's a little horse um, mm. I'll um, I'll dig into that more, far mm. more than we, than we probably should. But uh, you know what? Like dig, I say, dig away, bring your bring your own spade, right? Okay, it's my it's my effing podcast. So I'll do whatever I want. Let's have a. What does Al think of Mansion though? Yeah, it's, it's like an intro, isn't it? Um, I, 
find find it a bit dull to start with, and I don't think it really does. Seven uh, grace much of um, a compliment, really. Uh, you know, has it been the first song? It's probably one of the worst on there. Um, it's it's okay, you know what I mean. And the bit that I really do quite like on I mean, it is the um, the keyboards that sound like a you know the theme for the Mister Runs or something like that. That's pretty cool. I think so. I think that's probably I'm guessing Simon Rogers who's on board for that, and he got that vibe. So it um it nicks pretty liberally from um from a deviant song early the monster uh i'll play you a bit of that can you hear that did i click the button can't hear it can't hear anything yet man didn't, didn't click the right button that oh i think it's uh 69 so early so we all know what the cures roadies were listening to on that <laughs> morning don't we um what does tim think of this song oh look for you he says great stuff too and perfectly placed on the records not the classical though so in the bit i know um nice riffage you know i think it's rogers and bricks maybe getting together um and it has got that nice sci-fi vibe to it and i, I do think even the nk yabels one is still light but this is an instrumental it's not going to go very far in this competition i don't think but it's time for a vote. Uh, we already know it's where Tim's going for the classical, as am I. Shall I tell you what I think? Go on then. Oh, have you not told you right? Have you not told us about Mansion? Did such a great job on the classical. I didn't. I thought you'd be tired. Go on. It's uh, well, yeah, but I'll keep it brief. It's 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 spooky and eerie, but with like a sort of sixties vibe. This isn't it. it? Reminded me of like a sixties TV show, like Randall and Kirk or something like that coming up. Um, but yeah, I've written it's more monster mash than Spectre versus Rex to this one, isn't it? So yeah, I'm just echoing what everybody else has said, but it's it's passable, pleasant enough. Yeah, let's not labour the points. So which way are you going with this, Phil? I think it's obvious, isn't it? Classical through this rigmarole, Ezra and um, and uh, any tiny horses we might have. What do oh, you think? Cool. Good classical. Aye. Oh, modular says uh, the Rudy the the cures roadies were always better than the cure anyway. Um, so he wants to go with uh, the the uh, the mansion Very good. because well, it, it shows. It it shows the uh, the palette of the fall and just how uh, diverse they could be. And uh, they weren't a uh, one-trick pony, no pun intended. Exactly. Very good. Yeah. I, I do hope he continues to make uh, equine puns for the rest of the uh, episode. That would be very good. Uh, but uh, regardless of what the horses think, uh, the offensive classical goes through. If regardless of what the horses think, the classical goes through. I'll edit that out. Uh, Jerusalem. Regardless of what the horses think. Regardless of what the horses think, the classical goes through. Next up, Jerusalem of Curious Orange, 1988, written by Marky Smith and William Blake.
Yeah, I'm coming to the medium and he's a saddle-bound pal first. What do you think over there in Mojo headquarters? A gallant track, says he. A gallant to uh, equivocate of Blake himself, yeah. Um, New England's future. It's all there for the taking. Um, The nightmare, yeah. Exactly. Land of horses. What about uh, Alistair? Does he agree with the sentiments? I, I don't mind Jerusalem, um, but you know I quite like Curious Orange. Um, quite like that the synths at the beginning of it. Uh, it's all kind of like swirly Doctor Who kind of sci-fi sounds. But Marsha. But then at, no end, doubt. at the end with all the brass settings, oh, <laughs> that really was good. Yeah, uh, not nice, not nice. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a nice rocking tune, and um, you know the, the Blake stuff's all about Jeebus visiting um, that England uh, and being very disappointed in the government. Um, so, you know, that's what it's all about. Crashed on his bike that his dad made him at Wood. <laughs> Wooden wheels. What will they think of next, Phil? I Very good, Phil. You know, I don't think I have many bikes in Jerusalem. <laughs> and also the fault of the government. Uh, Philip, you're a re- re- regular um, Episcopalian. What, what do you think of... Uh, what do you think of this? <clears throat> Uh, I loved it. I really loved it. I, I I have heard it before this tune, but I'm not. It's it's off. Um, I thought it was off that collection of uh, singles. This one isn't it like off a greatest hits collection. This uh, it might be one of those A sides. I think it came out as a single, but it but it's on uh, Curious Orange. The out. Yeah, I've I've heard it before, but um, I really, really really grew on me. And then I I did the thing that I always do at the end, which is to kind of read the words to see what I'm missing, and uh, it just made me laugh. So. I'm Watch the kind of juxtaposition that he sets up. This sort of the uh, the tension between. Uh, I, mean, I love the idea of Albion. I love the idea of you know the place where we all come from has got this like spiritual heart about it, and we can kind of you know it, everybody's got daft stories to tell. The point is to have a daft story. It's 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 not the fact that you know stories are all daft, but um, <laughs> to juxtapose it with somebody who's just whinging basically, <laughs> it's all the government's fault. As someone who has worked in local government, I know. That everything is the government's fault because that's all anybody ever used to tell me. Um, so I, I, I found that all very, very funny. But I think the tune itself is quite interesting. It's It starts off with that like Blade Runner, Vangelis type opening. So you're like, what the hell's this? It's all very futuristic. And then it goes into like a sort of uh, Jubilee inspired William Blake rendition, isn't it? It's uh, Jubilee as in like the movie, you know, like punk Albion kind of uh, vibes. I really like this. I really like this tune. It, it does a lot for me. It, it's so a while back we talked about how if you're gonna if you're gonna crib from Blake, which he does several times this evening again. Uh, but if you're going to crib from Blake, you're going to either step up your game, which which Smith strangely rarely does. He falters when he approaches Blake usually, or you do what he's done here, which is just filthy rants. It's, this, the lyrics are dog, pet dogs, rapacious wet dogs, owners of dogs, slow-witted dog owner, owner of rabid dog, saving fur for tunnel, Eurodream is civil, civil liberation for dogs, secret society, inevitable nightmare, dog shit baby, Asked lick, lick dog mirror, dead tiger shot and checked out by dog, big tea chest, fucker dog, 
just nonsense, brilliant, and I know Ezra's... In fairness, Brendan, that sounds like your... Can I interject for a minute? I'm just saying, Ezra's probably angry because I'm sure you were going to read all of those lyrics as well, right? Go ahead, Ezra. (laughs) No, no, because I I thought that you'd split Doggy's life apart because the YouTube clip is just the Jerusalem song. I know, I messed up. Apologies. We'll put Doggy's life in. That was naughty of you, Brendan. That was (laughs) naughty. That was naughty. That was quite naughty of you. It wasn't intentional, but... uh, um, once I'd done it, I thought I won't mention it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the bits were he, the Jerusalem bits for me are the least interesting, where the dog is life stuff is where it gets funny. Although I do like the fact that he's whinging about it was the fault <laughs> of the government. I fell over, I bumped, bumped my head, and there weren't a million pounds. Um, musically, though, it's like when those new metal bands cover Billy Jean. It's um, <laughs> it's like, okay, so what they've done is they've taken this song and put it into kind of a, a new context, but it's much, much worse. So I like the original Jerusalem that William Blake wrote on his organ in his study by himself. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't like what they've done to it, but I do like the lyrics, especially all the stuff about dogs, which I sneakily didn't allow you to listen to this week. Um, Ezra, what do you think of this song, Curious Orange, not now don't get confused because there's another part called Dog is Life it's, it's not connected <laughs> definitely not forgotten about that it's definitely going to come up in the next few weeks if you ever open on me with the gambit don't get confused you should know that you've taken the wrong first step <laughs> you, you've already approached me the understanding that I'm already quite confused tending right. toward very but anyway <laughs> So yeah, you know this the the Jerusalem section for me. I think it's great. Um, I love what Marsha's doing on the keys. I love that bold brass synth. It, you know, I mean, ah, oh, yeah, just the pom pom. Yeah, you know, you can do that to me all night long. Um, and and the song is hilarious. Like if you read the lyrics, um, at least for me, if you read the lyrics, divorced from the music, from the song and the performance of it, it's just like what a load of shit. Like, of course. And and this is the interesting thing for me is like Marky Smith's performance of politics because you know at the time I think he was talking about um, how he was proud to vote conservative and you know if we fast forward a few years later there's that great Channel Four interview where he's being interviewed by Krishnan Guru Murphy in a pub with his wife Eleni sat next to him and he starts complaining about immigrants yes he does and you know on the face of it you're like what a dog shit thing to say you know what a dog shit person but then you realize that he's being interviewed by Krishnan Guru Murphy who is descended from immigrants and also um, a fall fan which he would have known at the time and being sat next to his him is his Greek wife <laughs> And I don't know what her, you know, I don't know what how their arrangement went, if she had, like, an English visa or, you know, like... But anyway, like, essentially she was an immigrant. <laughs> He's, like, <laughs> bitching about immigrants. And it's the same for me when I listen to the song, because the way that he's inhabiting those, like, spiteful lyrics really just gives such an interesting, like, kind of edge of a tangent to them that, for me, is fucking good. So, yeah, good track, all in all. And and that was just about the second half, because I wasn't thinking about Doggy's Life. No. So I know you God. have this habit of bisecting <laughs> tracks and combining 
training tracks and it it's frankly difficult to know where they end and begin anymore good if nothing else i've achieved um uh that you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Smith must have not, must have escaped that by not many years. I can imagine during that interview, everybody else that wasn't Smith at that table was sitting with their head in their hands, just shaking their heads. But anyway, we're not here to talk about his views on uh, anything other than whether or not Jesus spent some time in England around the turn of the zero century, whatever we call it. Phil. You're doing very well, Brendan. You're doing Phil, very, what, very well. Nobody's throwing you a rope here, are they? Phil, what do you <laughs> think about uh, that Krishnan Guru Murphy interview? <laughs> I know it's very funny, to be honest with you. It's it's, it's, it's his usual ebo, isn't it? It's, uh, he finds something that he can wind the interviewer up about and he goes for it like an exit missile. That was what my take on that interview was. Um, with regards to uh, the music, though, I think I've already told you, I think. I have no idea. Well, I've been... I've been uh... Do you want to tell you what Tim thinks? That's right. That's that would be good. that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. So Tim's put, funny lyrics, but a bit of a waste of brilliant source material with a slightly bland delivery and a sort of naff rock rock sheen towards the end with the keys. It's all right, but could be so much more. In- indeed. Indeed. Um, Stray Dogs are rabies time bomb is uh, sure. something that I will save for uh, when we do Doggy's Life. As you know right now, this was just the part of the song that was Jerusalem and not <laughs> the dog bit. Has everybody said something? Hopefully most of it isn't going to get edited out. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to what it's up against, which is Pinball Machine, the, hey. la- the the final track of Seminal Live that we haven't covered yet, and everything else has gone through. Everything <laughs> of Seminal Live <laughs> has gone through. <laughs> I'm an old, old hard. I drove a big truck. Shot the pinball machine, but it brought me bad luck. If oceans was whiskey and I was a dog, I'd dive into it and never come up. I wish they'd blow them old pinball machines. Many weeks they have caused me to live on Sunday. Very nice. So, as I said, it is the um, the final song that we're going to look at off Seminal. And so far, the other four songs, Deadbeat Descendant, HW, Squidlore, Mollusk, and Tyrol, has gone through. So, no pressure here, lads. And, and just want to point out, Alistair, they're both covers. Uh, so, what do you think, Alistair, of this song, Pinball Machine? It's a Bonnie Irving tune. Um... It is. I think Dead Pogs is something, um, especially like with the, the banjo um, and, you know, like Smith's vocal delivery, I can imagine uh, uh, that fine Mr. McGowan uh, doing something very similar. But, you know, what I'd really like to hear him covering, if they were going to do like, I've cracked at some nice sort of uh, Cajun stuff, uh, you know, like um, Drunkard's Blues by Lewis Cornier. Uh, that that been a, a really good cover for him to do. I think Smith had nailed that one. Or anything by the Belf- Balfour Brothers. It's just the kind of like vocal delivery that they have in a lot of those songs. But it's just like um, a dead sort of like competent cover. Uh, don't really sound too much like the fall. It does sound like a, d- a different band. Yeah. 
yeah, we agree pretty much. It is a faithful cover, generic banjo track. Through the fall filter sounds like the pox. That's what I say. Um, and I, I think Shane McGann would do a good, good job of it. Uh, it's a very sad song about a man who neglects his family for a truck, for the life on the road. Shall we have a bit of a, bit of a listen to the original, Alistair? Yeah, that, that... Let's do that. All right, let's do that. goes on for a little bit at the beginning. Don't be so good, apple pie. But it caused me bad luck Put all I ever made in a pinball machine I'd get four candy cornered Then I'd miss the 16 Normally when, I, when we listen to covers Often I do prefer the original And although clearly the fall have mangled this I think they do I think they do a pretty good job actually And I think Smith tells the story in a really nice way I, uh, I like it a lot but what does the hobo think of it? If we if context. we can still use that term, yeah. Context, context. Um, <laughs> you know, Lonnie Irving, twenty eight when he died, and uh, yeah, not much else happened after this. This, you know, it was a tragic story. So leukemia, and and I think it's one of those kind of like you know, here's a guy who worked all his years as a truck driver, and then gives it up to finally give his it reaches dream, and then it dies as soon as it, it comes to light. Only has one song, and then immediately dies. So it's like the it's a weird weird inverted kind of rock and roll story it's not the sex drugs all that shit you know it's the life and that hence it's got that real sense of the hillbilly to you know there's you know you get the hillbillies a lot of them are, are working class folk you know and always were you know and so it's uh it for me it, it taps into that beautifully with it yeah there's this sorry hobo saying i doesn't want my opinion sorry anyway um that's what hobo was saying anyway context to that beautiful yep, yes I'll, I'll, I'll shut up so yeah i mean i was thinking that too to be honest it's like we we, we we, we brought the horse song, not you, medium. Um, but what does Ezra think? He's been uh, he loves this kind of uh, hop, uh, hillbilly music. You know, like this is this is definitely a song, and <laughs> the songs I like are essentially the same as the movies I like. And the movies I like are the ones where everyone dies at the end, and everyone dies at the end of this song. So therefore, I think it's great. And I, you know, like, I think the original's also great. And I think the way that this cover maybe improves on is the wrong word, but develops is that it actually sounds like it's in a bar with a karaoke machine going, which would be Marsha Schofield and the rhythm section. And then some dude's pouring his banjo and uh, drunk, drunk Mark is drinking the blues. And yeah, so thumbs up from here. Well, 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 maybe something unheard of is on the cards. Why don't you rain on our parade, Phil Rugby, with your love of the old timey? What do you make of this? Well, <clears throat> I am <clears throat> not on the same page as you guys. <laughs> with this song. I wrote my, my, most of my notes involved the word twang, twangy, twang, twang, twangy, twang, 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 twang. Uh, I too have written the word pogs, guys, but for me this time it's the keyboard's turn to be lost in aimless on a track. It's just wandering around. Uh, doesn't really know where it's going or have anywhere to go at all. The live on Sardines line is from that. Phil, Phil, it's an impressionistic wash of karaoke. <laughs> well, when you said that, actually, I had High level synth playing. Well, I, I had vision, I had, I had memories of when I walked around Liverpool on a Friday afternoon and there were drunks singing karaoke in all the pubs. 
and it's, it does have that vibe. It has that Celtic orc vibe, doesn't it? Of a, of a mournful, drunken blokes, you know, sort of lamenting lost loves. Um, I get it. I get what you guys are saying. It's not my bag. It's not my, it's not Seren's I like. I, it's interesting here in the original. Hmm. I mean, it does sound slightly better than the original. I'll give you that. But it's, uh, this ain't my wheelhouse. Barely. Shitting on everyone there, aren't you? Um, it is my job. I, well, you know, I think Tim's going to really uh, finish it off, isn't he? What does he think of this? <clears throat> Deep breath. Utter shit. Yeah, as I thought, as I thought. It's going down to the but, wire, isn't it? But str- sure. Sorry, cut in, but strangely, though, that Jerusalem, does it not remind you of, like, you know, the white dog turds used to find around council estates in the early 80s in the UK? Yeah, and that's from, that kinda... from ash content in, in the dog food, and they yeah. cut all the ash content out, and you don't see any, any more white dog shits now. Okay. Right there, yeah. Brilliant. Um, do that's you think... the first interesting fact that's happened on this podcast. I think <laughs> we should commemorate it. Very much, Bravo, bravo. Well, let's take a vote. It is Jerusalem uh, versus Pinball Machine. I am going for Pinball Machine. Which way are you going, Ezra? Yeah, obviously Pinball Machine. Beautiful. Uh, What did the... uh, What's uh, Modular Towers? What is the opinion of it? Extra ball. Extra ball. It's a pinball. Yeah, machine. Yeah. Uh, Tim's made his his, uh, idea very clear, as have you, Philip. So I think it's coming down to Alistair. Pinball machine or Jerusalem? I've gone Jerusalem. Uh, I think it's it's less of a cover. Yeah, it's very much not. But More let's go. To, I'll allow you to. I'll let you split your vote. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Won't hold it against you. Yeah. All right then. Then fingers it is. So up to three points. For Jerusalem. Now, the horse has no fingers, but he can clop his heels however many times he believes. Okay, very good. Uh, keep your fingers up because I was distracted by the upturned uh, land fibian. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And what does Tim think for Jerusalem? Tim? For Jerusalem? Two. All right, so that gives it 12 points. And then we are going for Pinball Machine. Out of three. Okay, three, six, nine, ten. And he's given it zero. Yeah, he'll do it. So that means uh, Jerusalem sadly goes through. So, uh, whatever. Hang on, let's gloat a bit more. Yeah! <laughs> so, so um, continuing with the political streak, we have blindness in the year of our Lord 2004. Fall heads roll. Living leg end. Phil Rigby coming to you first. Blindness. 
Jules Holland's oh, favourite. It's, it's, that, that bass sound is absolutely amazing. And when it when it mixes in with the synth as well, I, I think they do that rrrr trick that they managed to pull off way more than anybody else really has the right to. But making digital and analogue just sound beautifully together. I think they absolutely nail that. And then that intro, that taste that EQ drop or it comes in properly, very nice bits of production going on. And then we get Mark launching in with his dropping a turd in the punch bowl opening lyric or walking down the street the other day. Yeah, come on, Mark. This is a decent tune. What are you pulling your pants down for? This, but it, it it does it does improve as soon as he's uh, hit that low spot, which you can't help but think he's perhaps got his tongue in his cheek when he's saying it. Um, very nice drawl, mystical some things that he's shouting about. Uh, nice half shout, half falsetto sort of final finale to it all. The keyboard sound great all the way through. Um, really good workhorse performance from the uh, the bass and the guitarist. I'm pretty sure I heard a little bit of Mez beatbox before that bass run comes in, which is quite interesting. Never heard that before. Um, what else have we got going on there? Yeah, very playful, I thought, with Mez, actually, all the way through this. And if it's not a bit too much tail-eating itself, it kind of reminds me of Mogwai a bit. It's got that sort of intense, sort of structured build-up to it all. Uh, I think I spotted a Bill Hicks line in there uh, as well. It talks about non-smokers dying every there. Um, the other, the other thing that I thought whilst I was listening to this as well is it's it's like you've got the whole to to quote football managers, you've got the whole band working 110 percent on everything. Everybody's doing a really really good job, but at the end of the day, in the in the in the road of it all, I still think Mez is doing the heavy lifting on this track. It's a long track and it stays interesting because of what he's doing musically. It just kind of gets geared up and goes for it. Um, but I think Mez really does keep it interesting. He's doing lots lots of variation on his vocal style all kinds of weirdness going on so I can totally understand why the band wanted to open the album track but he didn't let him um, Ezra what do you make of Blindness the song <laughs> the song is actually my safe space um, every time I'm walking down any street I've got this song going on in my head and yeah, oh god I, I actually think this is probably the best track the Fall ever did like I think that like if they Hold hit it. this hard in their later career as much as they did on this track then rock and roll would have just become completely redundant like I think this is an insanely great track I just love I don't think he puts a foot wrong you know like the whole thing the music is a masterclass in perfect dynamics and there are three versions of this track uh, done in studios you know like there's the uh, maybe four actually but there's the pure session and there's an alternate version and they're all equally fucking just raw power just perfect and hilarious and I'll, I'll go on a bit of a tangent here because there was this really nice thing um, this really nice mix from I think it was PC and Strictly the cold cut guys or the cold cut adjacent guys um, and they, they did this mix where it, it was basically a kind of um you know musical historiographical um kind of mix and you know kind of the 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 um the climax of it all was 
that like it was Kylie Minogue taking the um, uh, New Order track sample for uh, Can't Get You Out of My Head and you know like the, this mix is interspersed with talking heads and and like so this guy's like saying yeah I know this was um, such a pleasing kind of moment from a historical perspective and for me this track is also that because you know um, they basically copied the baseline from um, Witness the Fitness by Roots Maneuver one of the best British MCs yeah um, real fucking killer and that song in and of itself is one of the best fucking hip hop tracks ever you know Um, and they probably weren't aware of it but Witness the Fitness uh, Roots Maneuver or whoever was producing him actually copped that from the Doctor Who theme and so to me you know like I and I didn't know that when I first fell in love with this song like that's just an extra layer of fucking brilliance on this is that it's this perfect flip side British culture you've got like the Delia Derbyshire Doctor Who theme melting into Witness the Fitness by Roots Maneuver melting into Blindness by The Fall and yeah for me actually more so than the classical here like Marky Smith has really got his James Brown fucking shoes on and I think that he just fucking hogs the like I, I don't even feel like he flubs at all I think it's just perfect I said hey blood man have mercy on me <laughs> it's real testifying shit man great brilliant let's why don't we have a listen to witness the fitness because it is a it is a top-notch tune and they do um they straight up admit to copying it if you read any any of the interviews or whatever they're not they're not trying to hide that Master burst the bionic zit splitter Break next beat, we drown ten pints of bitter We lean all day and some say they ain't productive Could that depend upon the demon that you're stuck with? Cause right now, I see clearer than most see- Brilliant, he's not, I've not heard of him for quite a, a, a bit of time But he had his moment, uh, Roots Maneuver And the, the video uh, that's funny is because it t- at the beginning It talks about how he, he entered every uh, race in his um in his primary school sports day and came last in all of them. So the video is all about him training hard for uh, payback. Yeah, payback time. It's, it's great. Um, what does uh, what what does it uh, what does the little horse think of this song? Modular Hubbo is saying Time Lords again, and which incarnation of the Time Lord? Um, space, brilliant, right? Absolutely driving, propelling, um, well produced. It's got that tension. It's got the uh, the razor blades um and yet is it is it intentional tonight the the kind of uh christian theme you know we go from jerusalem to calvary and uh mm, it is it is the witness isn't it on the cross and uh but living leg end living leg end you know i i like it's a fumble it's a fumble but it, it works and he makes it up yeah i i and it isn't it is the henry cow um album that says something about leg end as well i think so i think he's copped that maybe um but yeah i mean in in many ways we're all witnesses for christ aren't we phil <laughs> <laughs> i 
Majesty. Have you heard Reach for Numa's version of uh, Yellow Submarine? I have not. That's brilliant. That might That's be why we've not heard of him for a few years. We started <laughs> doing children's songs. I tell you what, right? With the, we talk about cover versions a lot on here, but his version of Yellow Submarine is brilliant. I uh, strongly recommend it. I've told you what I think of this song. Uh, you've already told me, however. Alistair, what do you reckon to... Um, Blindness. Yeah, very little looking out to it, but you know, from what's been said already, um, it's good walking music, isn't it? You know, um, well, yeah, Blindness, small village near Loch Ness. Uh, Jimmy Shan used to go walking his dog there. Very nice. Um, apparently, that's it is. That's nice, isn't he? <laughs> I, I would uh, doubt the uh, the um, I would I would check that one before you went to. Because you're a doubter, it's because you're a skeptic. Booked a holiday. Let me tell you what Tim says though, because Tim's more of a Tim's more positive. <laughs> All right, go on then. What does he think of blindness? <laughs> He's put stunning track, and one of my great memories of the band live was seeing them play this at Julie's. Just monumental. I love the nuance in the vocal, the sort of plaintive, raspy, whelping. The moment when the guitar and synth sync up and play out in the last minutes is great. Peel session is even better. Yeah, again, not much more to add, I think. Other than, yeah, those resin synths, the distorted bass, and, and it's just pulsing. And Bert Whistle, Spencer Bert Whistle, who's the drummer, is credited with the song. And I know we liked his Bert Whistle Girl in Shop, which is um, a little bit earlier than this, but it'd be interesting to know how much of it was already in place because like, it is just that bass line, really, uh, holding it together. Um, I'm sure Hanley would have loved to. Um, maybe they'll steal it for their new fake fall band. Mm. Offensive. Offensive. I am offended that, that all <laughs> that the original member of the fall is, do, is, is playing music again. <laughs> How dare they? How dare they? Offended. Um, no, brilliant. And he does the melody from Chicago now, which is like 12 years old at that point. And uh, he does that. Do you work hard, right? He brings it back. Um, it is relentless. Cavalry, Calvary. The flat is evil. Blind man, have mercy on me. Um, mercy. Apparently it is. It was set off by him seeing a big poster of David Blunkett, which clearly doesn't exist. He just made that up. But the, but anyway, whatever. It's good. Jules Holland likes it. Is that what you'd be good? Google uh, the fall. You're going to get either that that um, that live show in Oslo where they play um, blindness, or you're going to get Jules Holland playing blindness. Um, but we have to take a vote now, do we? No, we don't. No, no, no we exploding don't. Exploding chimneys. Oh, we're going. We're taking forever, aren't we? Exploding chimney now. <laughs> Mercy before and now redemption. I gotta say, really like this song, and it is not like what are the odds of it coming up against such a big number in this half? I mean, there's so much shit. 
I couldn't have got up against the age of Chang. Um, <laughs> but um, that lovely wobbly bass, and just like the last one, the in, the interplay between the instruments is wonderful. And Greenway, Greenway is like... So when I think of Imperial Wax, I think of all those meaty pub ones, 50-year-old man and Wolf Kiddleton, which is I like those. Like Alton Towers, Exploding Chimney, Is This New? That that side of the album that I didn't know as much, I really like that stuff. And uh, this one has a very similar break to Is This New? It has, has that same kind of breakdown in some way. But nice, riffage, dirty, noisy. Uh, and when it breaks down, it's just got the kind of uh, rim shot going on and there's the wobbly kind of scent in the background brilliant love it love it love it love it uh but what's alice to think that's what's really important to you i don't love it quite as much as you do uh brendan it's, it's uh, right, maybe right. maybe i will move on then what does uh what's that with me? <laughs> come on now sorry yeah it just sounds a bit recycled you know really not like massively original some more like structure in there you know um but um well you know the, the trem sort of reverby guitar is quite nice since all right uh, but I, I don't know it's just it's lacking something for for me that's all right my friend we, we can we can still get along together it's all right don't hold <laughs> it against you what does ezra think yeah this is this is a great track i love the fact that like you know the first time i listened to it and i was i was reading the lyrics and he's talking about um having herpes scabies and aids and he's got rat poison in his workshop but then his chimney's exploding so actually he's doing all right i mean i don't think i've heard such a sexy song from the fall for me it's very sexy i mean there's rat poison in my vicinity and i've got an exploding chimney that sounds like the kind of thing that i would write to a young lady on a dating app <laughs> Quite right. Um, <laughs> Very good. I, I question. I, I I question Ezra. Maybe you can help me on this. It's been a while since I've been in the game. But if someone was riddled with herpes, scabies, and AIDS. Is are they the kind of person that wants to go around with their chimney exploding? Well, that's that. You, that's, that was obviously the decision Marcus made. <laughs> he started the evening with questionable, questionable decisions, and he's continued. He's nothing if not inconsistently consistent. What does um? Uh, what about the little horse? Can I ask you a question? What do you uh, think of this song? Certainly, uh, Beastie Boys at their best. Um, strangely reminiscent of Check Your Horse Head. Um, you know, the, uh, the bass line that's constructed by the, uh, the lead cable coming in and out of the amp. Um, and then you have that wobbly breakdown where it kind of, what's going on here with, you know, that kind of polyphonic thing the Beastie Boys were good at at that point. Um, and equally kind of, uh, poppy punk kind of stuff. You're right. They were about. So, um, very kind of, uh, malevolent television friendly. Um, so yeah, yeah. What's another that's name? for pirate treasure so it's booty right. yeah. <laughs> i yeah. call it booty um anyone else i can't remember phil um, exactly <laughs> phil have you told us what you think of exploding chimney no i have not told you what i think of exploding chimney yet but do you know what i am in agreement with you brandon oh I, this is a fab song i do you know what i actually thought it turns a bit like melbourne Anna at the start i think some of the guitar work on this is like yeah, that, yeah. yeah were, you, were you the same person who earlier said it sounded like mogwai yeah you're you're on one tonight you way out there in a limb i think this sounds like a 
it's a bathtub shitter b-side listen mate i just i just tell my truth that's that's all i'm doing i can, I can just fight in the power uh keep the faith brother yeah, i really i really like this it's it was a bit unknown to me this song when it, it the first couple of times i listened to it i was like why have i not listened to give this track a bit more time it's it's great and it is uh the guitar i think that makes it all the way through the production guitar is brilliant and what where, where, where is this green way on the other records a bit more of this please it's uh it's absolutely fantastic um i like the weird breaks in it i, I think the sort of shift from buzzed up i mean it's a bit hives isn't it i think i'll reference them a few weeks ago it reminded me a bit of them it's like it is pop punk um but it's done so well and there's, there's loads of imagination going on with those loads of energy and playing and stuff so yeah i've liked this more and more every time i've heard it i thought it's, it's a great little tune though. one of my uh, headphones is broken so i've been listening to everything through the right channel so i imagine you've all been listening to some kind of pop punk hit and i've just been listening to the stuff that's on pan to the right <laughs> like, yeah this is brilliant and then put the other ear in it it's like that's Tim thing oh, I'll tell you he says great track scuzzy synth punk pop danceable and infectious the dropouts of the guitar are brilliant too it would win against a lot of other stuff for me but yes. dot 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 but dot 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 it's going in the it's going in the second chance bag almost certainly but let's take a Let's go through that rigmarole. Which way are you going, Phil? I really like Exploded and Chimney, and I've got a sneaky feeling if I gave it a bit longer, it would probably it would probably edge blind. So, so I'm, I'm going to go for Chimney. Obviously. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Alistair? I'll go for blindness. I thought as much. Ezra? Yes, it's my safe space. That street. We all need a street like that. We all need a shady lane, don't we? What about um, the modular one? Never endorses any kind of uh, poison that's used on animals, but exploding chimney. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting, because I am also going for exploding chimney. Ooh, there we go. Tim's not though, is he? So it don't matter. Going for blindness. Okay, so blindness goes through, exploding chimney goes into the second chance bag where it has pretty much no chance unless I cheat, which I'm thinking about doing. Um, what about moving on to the last show then? As explained, we've done all the Era 3 um, songs. Those are the ones that were recorded between 1994 and 2001. So we have a second set of songs from 77 to 85 to round up this evening. Um, and the first one's going to be Tempo House, recorded live at the Hacienda. <laughs> Oh, 
Ezra, Temple House, an expansive piece of bass heavy meandering. Yeah, this is, you know, like, there was always this thing that I had with Perverted by Language, where, like, I would be listening to it, and at some point, I would drift off. And I've come to the conclusion that this is the track that made me go and get that cup of tea, uh, so to speak. And it's been interesting kind of listening to it, because listening to it, I was like, oh my god, you know, definitely Flipper enjoyed The Fall, because it sounds so much like Flipper and there's this really nice Flipper song called If I Can't Be Drunk I Don't Want To Be Alive and to me those two songs are quite reminiscent and but yeah you know like this song I mean personally this song just does torpor me out and it's interesting because you know on the album it's followed by um, the Strifen Knot the Hexen Knot and for me that song is sick as fuck and this song maybe achieves what it set out to do a bit too well if you know what I mean I do I do indeed and it achieved it perfectly but also too well what does modular what does the, the modular one think uh the Working Man Club, uh, Jim Morrison. It's one of the end. It's kind of just, you know, it's snaking. It's one of those meandering full tracks. But it's about British Telecom, perhaps, is it? You know, so I'm um, going to hang up on this one. Yeah. All right. I'd sing Solitaire for the BEF, but who wants to be them anyway? Snow on Easter Sunday, Jesus Christ in reverse. Alistair? Yeah, I love this one. It's uh, one that I've been familiar with for many a year. Um, I love the way it's sort of like, it's really special. Um, text edge to build up to the chorus but when you get there it, there's some nice payback um, Shanley's doing his his best or close to it you know uh, that groove along with the, the two drummer lineup, you know the very kind of like bottle surface feel to it I kind of think um, some memorable lyrics um, keyboards played in the style of Little Frank's Head and uh, loads of lovely feedback you know what's there to complain about there um, you know this, granted there's not much guitar in there, which I think adds to the, like the, the space, the, the spacious feel of it, um, and it also it's got a bit like of a, a dubby quality to it. If you watch the so the the version on Fairbairn language is from the Hacienda live recording. Yeah, oh, brilliant, isn't it? Um, it's, it's about well, it's the full set, isn't it? It's uh, you can get that on YouTube. Yeah, and uh, if you watch the version, Scanlan doesn't play. I mean, he, he bangs his guitar a couple of times, and that feedback's probably coming from his amp, but he doesn't play anything. He's singing and he's just stands there for about uh, for seven minutes while Hanley is really going for it. It's really good. Um, and it never struck me until I realised it with the video on that there is no guitar and there's almost no keyboards and it's Smith playing the keyboards and he does bang it a couple of times and then walk away. So it is essentially about eight minutes of Burns, Hanley and Hanley just um, pummeling away at this riff, which is like a half-speed version of the classical riff uh what a goddamn groove um but yeah it's really eight minutes long <laughs> that's your live centerpiece brilliant though and, and apparently um this is from the annotated fall uh, from the book paintwork um uh, smith wrote a conservative there's a lot of jesus christ and conservatism popping up for this evening which is very nice but um the Labour Party candidate's antics had incensed him so much. I used to call him Jesus Christ in reverse, explained Smith. Because some fascist had pinned him up, he had marks on his hands, which he used to show everyone. And in Labour meetings, he used to stand up, take out rotting fish and say, what about the Grimsby fishermen? 
a complete charlatan. Uh, don't really know what Tempo House is about. If it is about calling British Telecom, that that does um, make no sense. <laughs> and uh, of course, the one about the Dutch reaping in four languages is is funny. So nothing else. There's that. What about uh, Tim? What does he think of Tempo House? So he's got the weakest track on perverted power language, but still brilliant despite that. It's rhythm section and pulpit stuff. I'd love to know where they didn't. I know. I'd love to know why they didn't do a studio version. I think the best bit is the keyboard screen that breaks out at one point. I think the problem for me is the complete lack of tension. There's no tight build and release, just constant onward motion. Yeah, I think there's that. And it works for me. I don't need that tension. I think that's just, that groove is enough for me, but I get it. I can see why maybe some people would think it doesn't do enough. But uh, what about you, Pip? Does it do enough for you? Yeah, I, I can understand why some people might find it a bit too sparse, but I, I'm with you and Al, really. I really like this. I, I I have done as well. It was on that very first mixtape that I got given a ball. It's one of them tracks that's been with me right from the beginning. So, and I, and whilst I, I do get where Ezra is coming from, as in the track to go and make a cup of tea, uh, I couldn't, I kind of get that. I, I really like the lurching, bit uncomfortably slow tempo that it's all got about it. I, I, I find that quite attractive. Even though with other bands, it, it doesn't work for me the same. It's like Parliament, they're, they're famous for being a bit too slow, aren't they? And I've never really got onto that. But um, the the lyrics of this, I did. I spent a little bit of time reading through this last night and having a look on the annotated form and seeing what they said about it. Because I've heard it so many times, and the only lyric that really stuck in my head was uh, the, the weeping and falling, which is funny line. Um, there is there is something. The lines about Burton to me seem key in in sort of unlocking what he's on about with this tune. And he he seems to be punning a little bit with Burton, doesn't it? Some of it seems to be a reference to the Welsh actor, and some of it seems in my to my ear seems like a bit of a reference to the explorer as well um i think it's another one of those kind of lamenting tracks where he's come he is <clears throat> juxtaposing people who are venturous and want to make something of life as opposed to those people who just want to play it and you know gross to tempo house which i think is where he's getting at with the car so i think it's pretty similar to some of the other tunes we've done tonight in terms of what he's on about um but yeah musically and, and performance wise I, I love this tune right and I, I get into this vibe very very easily well it's up against Before the Moon Falls which is <clears throat> really really quite different but delightful in its own way so let's have a listen to the song from 1979's Dragnet LP A 
started out just before he cribs Blake again, but um, last track of the evening, let's go over to Hobo Mansions and see what the little modular one thinks. Modular is saying, this is everything you could want in a fall song, really. Um, it just drips and hurts, and uh, we've got the power, must not misuse it, because life is short and full of thought, uh, and I will forever end this reign of terror. Uh, brilliant, yeah. That's just uh, that's what you want from people up north with no wage packets right indeed it's grim up there yeah what yeah. um what does the does the little the modular horse does he do like a show or go out and about or does he just kind of live in your house um well this is the first time he's been here in a while oh. i i just happened to mention I, that this was happening tonight and he, he had stepped in and sort of said right heads up uh give us Petrol, a go yeah uh, yep yep so um when he's around he's around when he's not you know he suits himself right. seems to come and go with the moon you know nice but he doesn't have like a twitch channel or anything that we can like subscribe to and, and watch him play video games not that i'm aware of not that well, i'm aware of if, if you find he's out got, you know yeah it's him and limmy just watch that all day i believe i believe there is an only fans in the um sign me up alistair what do you think of before the moon falls that's a beautiful little thing in it it's a very dark sounding broody um in a way it reminds me a little bit of some of the early peribu stuff um but yeah it's a massive progression from from witch trials um I, but yeah you, you got like a middle eight bit that actually does sound like something from witch trials uh that's kind of like stuffed in the it's like a bridge middle eight kind of bit where it speeds up um yeah that gets very witchy um and the last bit and it just sounds like somebody twatting the fuck out of a pv amp which is uh, yeah again one of the best noises you can get using a guitar drop dropping using amp. A pv amp is, uh, is a great thing <laughs> Um, indeed, indeed, indeed. What what does uh, what does Philip Rigby think of before the moon falls? Oh, do you want me to tell you? Please do. I've read sinister wonderfulness with this. Uh, I think it's absolute fab. I think again the riff construction is, is brilliant in it. Riff construction. Um, it's well. It, I was thinking last night. It's the kind of modal, <coughs> what's the right word? Modal intervals that like Slayer would be proud of uh, with that riff. And but take all the distortion off it, and it, it's it's like it makes it more sinister. It makes it more creepy. Um, and then I was listening to the drums as well. It's got a weird sort of seems to be switching between a motoric sort of beat and then and then to a more kind of standard even like Stephen Morris maybe kind of uh, Joy Division type beat um, yeah more black more anarchism more sort of political artistic religious kind of riffing that he's, he's doing with the words yeah that middle eight is a really odd one isn't it it's it's like mm. you're getting mugged by a sherbet dip it's it's like weird bit of pop sweetness in the middle of it that it, then it's like blink and you miss it though and then the back on was this kind of really doom kind of, uh, of riffing. Um, my only criticism of it really, is that it might be too earnest uh, for its own good at times but given how young they are at the time and how, how sort of, you know, second album stuff. Yeah, amazing. Great stuff. Mm. I don't care for that jangly break. Yeah, about three minutes in. I, I don't think it... When you when you compare it to the fact that the, the previous song is eight minutes of a single bass line and it works perfectly, they didn't need that break. This is 
this is beautiful. Um, Lo-fi, paper-thin, very monochrome as well, as with most of the Dragonet stuff. I think it, the only thing for me is it does, after li- I've listened to it every, week, every time this week after Tempo House, and it feels light because of that. But it is wonderful. Um, it's all mood, just like they set that mood beautifully malevolent and wonky, and Smith's kind of ranting and mumbling in this kind of weird uh, in-between way. Um, and then, yeah, that, that beautiful opening like segment of lyrics, we are the private detectives onwards back from a musical pilgrimage. We work under the name of the fall. Who would suspect this? It is too obvious. Our office is secluded. Those there to suspect, we would not see the wood for the trees. Um, I could go on, but it's beautiful. Um, love it. Love it as well. Lots of love this evening. Ezra, what's this one do for you? Well, you know, I was concerned because I know there's a certain bias against those kind of sustained guitar chords amongst the guitarists in this group. <laughs> it's how, it's how they're used. It's how they're I, used. As a non-guitarist. I mean, whenever I play a guitar, I just play the sustained. I, I think it's beautiful. It's like a stained glass window. That's how I feel. That's what I think. Time that I'm playing sustained corn, like falling into a sustained glass window, and all that dyed glass is flying around and cutting into my skin. And yeah, you know, like I, I feel like this track, like blindness, is like prime testification. It, it's MC5 grade proper business. You know, before the tide subsides yeah it, to be honest this is my favorite track off dragnet I, I think it's fucking great it's uh it is brilliant and i mean if we're looking at, at dragnet um it, it's definitely up the specter versus rector i still think for me yeah outdoes it considerably but um and i'm probably a figure walks to be honest but it but it is a top-notch track um, but this was very, very hard for me. This is a very tough decision. And, uh, I rue myself for putting myself in this position and not being able to get out of it like I was in earlier rounds. I'm trapped. Um, which way shall we go? What does Tim think? Is he told Sodomized by presumption. In many ways, that's the best, the best way for it to happen. Um, what does Tim, says, Tim think? I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you what Tim says, whether you like it or not. In a strange way, this is a better version of Tempo House. For Early locked in groove-wise, but much more variation to build and release tension. One of the highlights of Dragnet. Love Mezzi's little fake chuckle. Drumming-wise, it sounds more like L-A-T-W-T. What's that one? Life of the Witch Trails. Life of the Witch Trails. It's good that you left. we all left a pause, because when I edit it, it'll be like he answered it instantly. <laughs> but actually, listeners, there was like a 30-second pause while we all tried to work out what that meant. We're getting all now. What could it be? Anyway, Let's take a vote. Let's take a vote. I'm going to the um, I'm going to the tiny four-legged creature first. Al, what do you think? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Modular Hobo, what do you think? Modular Hobo says, Complexity is the fine delight that fathers thought. Modularity leaves yet the mind a mother of immortal song. And Therefore, it is the moon before beautiful. the moon that falls. Before, during, and after the moon. What about Ezra? Which way are you going? Yeah, before the fucking moon. 
spoon falls. Easy, isn't it? Easy, easy, easy. Alistair. Easy. I'll go with uh, Temple House because it sounds like the place that you used to go to sign on. Right. Oh, what was that called down the bottom of um, <laughs> King Street? Near the bus, near the bus station. Oh, the other one. Oh, the, yeah, the other one. one the other. Down, down the bottom of King Street. Street. Uh, yeah, we're younger. We're, we're older than you, Phil. We were signing on several years before you. It was, were. Like, it was what they, no, it was all what your surname was, wasn't it? If it was after like, your surname was uh, or after, you had to go down the opposite of the station. Right. Wigan facts galore <laughs> this evening. <laughs> Uh, Philip, which way are you going? Uh, I am weeping in four languages like Temple House. Which way is Tim going? He's going for... um, I think you've set these up deliberately anyway, so it knocks all the dragnet out. I think you've done it because you are a cult like that. (laughs) I am, but but Dragnet is one of my favourite albums. Let's have a peek at what's gone through. Can you remember what's gone through from Dragnet so far? Not much. I seem to remember stuff getting hanged off. uh, Rector's gone through, hasn't it? Got a good chunk, Psychic Dance, All Figure Walks, Dice Man, Mazurowski's Daughter, Flatter Angle, Spectre versus Rector, all gone through. Oh, uh, so, so far, it's mostly been the dross that's gone out. Put Away, Chock Stock, Your Heart Out, uh, Print Head, they've gone out. Uh, Before the Moon. In my area, should never have gone out. Yeah, garbage, garbage. Can <laughs> <laughs> we tell you which way Tim's gone? Yes, please. He right. has already know. It's gone for Moon, it's obvious. Moon. Context oh, lad, isn't it? But well, I'm going for Tempo House, so you're lucky I don't give myself double points. Let's go to the fingers. Out of three, Tempo House. How many? I'm going through by far the moon falls, by the way. Did oh, I, I knew I, I knew that one. Knew that. Easy. Okay, okay. Easy. Yeah. Three and three. Fingers. Fingers. We're going to the fingers. Temple House first. Come that's ridiculous. I'm gonna ban you from this, Ezra, from now on. You're banned. <laughs> <laughs> Tactical <laughs> voting for you, Voting irregularities, three, six, seven, eight, nine. What's hey, Tim that's given? a political vote. There was a fucking hanging chad there. What's Tim given? Uh, for tempo, he has given two. All right, that's 11. I bet you can guess what me and Phil and Alistair will be giving to before the moon falls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, out of... Hey, 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 that's <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it, my friend? Listen, you're playing with the big boys now. Uh, before the moon falls, out of three. Do we need to vote? Do we need to vote for this one? I'm also giving it three because I love it. I love it. Three, six, uh, three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. It's one. Before the moon falls, one. Rightly so, in many ways. It's a great track. Um, but I do love me some tempo house. You know what? I'm going to go and listen to it now. So bye. <laughs> the end. Uh, yeah. Thanks, uh, Modular Hobo and um, and uh, his uh, extra large medium. You did a sterling job. I'll, we will sign up for all of the uh, all of his social media shenanigans in the in the forthcoming months. And uh, um, he's off social meds, what I've heard. Okay. So he's yeah, he's just on the herbs, organic herbs. Good lad. Good lad. Um, all us. I'm not making any assumptions. Um, what is the discount code for our Patreon supporters of, uh, on his OnlyFans? Exactly. What? Um, so next week, lads, we are doing the last of the Between the Cracks uh, episodes. So uh, the real bottom of the barrel. Stuff that actually was never even recorded on this list. So... Uh, <laughs> 
Get your, get your thinking ears <laughs> already. Gonna review all the napkins. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's been a delight, been a pleasure. Thanks, Matt. Thanks uh, for dropping by. And thank you, um, Brendan. It's nice to be here. Good to see you. Very welcome yeah. to come back anytime. Every week, actually, you you get rid of Ezra. You. you can come back every week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh, well, I don't mind being consigned to the dustbin. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, if, if that's the way it goes, in, in the context of the show. So. Okay, dokie. See you later. Bye, everyone. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Take care. All right. Thank you.